So I want to encourage you today. Be encouraged. Over the last several weeks, um, the more I've been able to pray with some of you and some of your families and just folks in the neighborhood and even our staff, uh, the biggest thing that the enemy has come against most of us lately has been with discouragement. There's just been a, a huge amount of discouragement. You know, folks are folks are giving it their, their best shot in life. You know, they're hoping for the best and and yet it's sometimes things just aren't working out or, you know, it just one thing after another piles up or whatever. And so after just praying, uh, praying with, with, for, for many of you, and, and like I said, many of the neighborhood folk, I just felt like for the next several weeks, we're just going to get together and be encouraged in the Lord and let the word of God lift us up. Uh, that was actually one of the commands, Joshua 1 and 9 at the top of the year that he spoke to us. He said, look, I command you. He said, be brave and courageous. So be encouraged, full of courage. Be courageous. It wasn't even a suggestion. It was a command that he gave Joshua. And, and that was a command that he gave us. Hey, be brave, be full of courage. He said, remember, he said, I'm with you. I'm going with you no matter where you're at. And it gives us an opportunity to say, well, why am I having to go through all this mess? Well, if everything was hunky-dory, you would not need faith. <laughs> We've been commanded to walk by faith for whatever reason for God's huge plan. He said, if you'll just trust me, just trust me. Don't trust everything that you're seeing around you. Trust me. And I promise you, I'm going to take care of you. Everything's going to work out. May not work out the way that you think he's going to work it out. That's usually how it is with me. Uh, you know, God says, hey, I'm going to work this out for you. I go, oh, great. Oh, I can see exactly what you're about to do. Oh, no, he does something totally different. But the way that he does it is better than what I could ever come up with, you know. And, and so just be encouraged today. So what we're going to talk about, we're going to make some agreements together, all right? Everyone in the mood to make some agreements? Let's come together and agree on things. Folks get together and disagree a whole lot lately. But let's come together. We're going to talk about four agreements that I want us to come together and agree on. Uh, these are principles that, that uh, I've taught youth groups, churches. These are principles that I've taught to our staff. Um, and and it's, these are agreements that I, I guarantee you, I did not come up with them. Uh, matter of fact, uh, years ago, I read a book by Don Miguel Ruiz called The Four Agreements. Uh, you're welcome to go check it out if you want. I will, I will give you a little heads up. It, it, it falls on the new age side, a little new agey. Uh, matter of fact, when the Lord told me to read it, I said, seriously, you want me to read this? And uh, he, of course, he has me read all kind of crazy things sometimes to get his word across to me. Uh, but, but this was one of the ones that he told me to read. And, I, and as I started reading, it was a simple book, but I was like, this lines up with so much of your word that has been put into me that, wow, it's really making sense. And so I've tried to live according to these four agreements. I have not mastered it. Matter of fact, you're going to, some of you will be insulted. You'll say, really, these are really elementary you're talking, you know, it's almost, what do you think? I'm a child, Dave. You really think I'm, but, but I'm telling you, these four agreements are much more challenging. They sound really simple, but they're much more challenging than what you would expect. Okay. And it lines right up with the word of God. I, I, I'll tell you what the word of God teaches, uh, teaches these four agreements. Okay. The reason why it's four agreements, we need to come together and agree because agreements are much more powerful than just decisions. If I said, Hey, let's make four decisions. Well, you can, you can change your mind about a decision, you know. Hey, I decided I want Mexican food today. And by the time church is over with, I'm like, ah, no, you know what? I changed my mind. I want Italian food, All right? Well, I made a decision, I changed it. But if I agree on something, agreements are powerful. Matter of fact, 
Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 says this, again, I say to you that if two believers on earth make a decision, no, (laughs) if two believers on earth agree, that is, are of one mind in harmony about anything they ask within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's powerful. If you can get together and agree on something, it begins to set God in motion to work on your behalf. That's a powerful concept. Matter of fact, agreements are so powerful, do you realize that everything that makes up you is because you have agreed on something? Your political mindset is because you have heard certain rationales on the political spectrum and you have said, oh, I agree with this philosophy. And so that's how you identify politically. The way that you, your opinions about people are based on what you have agreed with in life. You know, a lot of times we like folks because they remind us of someone. A lot of times we don't like folks because they remind us of someone. Somewhere along the line, you have made an agreement in your head that I don't like this kind of personality or I get along better with this type of personality. Your food the kind, I mean, we even use it in context of food. Hey, where are you going to go eat today? Oh, maybe, maybe Chewy's. Oh, Chewy's. Yeah. Okay. I'll see you later, man. Cause you know, I ate there one time and it, it didn't agree with me. We even use that term, right? <laughs> so, so in other words, food, we make agreements with ourselves. Ooh, I agree that this tastes good. I disagree that this, everything that makes you, you matter of fact, your The way that you feel about yourself is because your environment has been constantly talking to you all of your life. People have been constantly talking to you about you. Uh, Everything that you see on TV, uh, just our whole social construct communicates to you about you. And you have either agreed with or disagree with. If you are here and you struggle with self-esteem, it's because you have agreed with something that someone has spoken over you negatively or a condition within your life that has communicated something negative about you. If you feel confident in certain areas, it's because you have agreed when someone has said, hey, you're really good at this or hey, you're really talented here. You've agreed with it. Agreements are powerful. They shape your entire reality. And yet Jesus said, hey, if you get together and you use those agreements together, anything you pray about, according to the will of the Father, hey, he's going to do for you. He's going to make it happen. You can be assured of that. So let's get together today and let's make four simple agreements. Y'all ready? Here's agreement number one. We're going to start out with our mouth. Agreement number one, be impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with with your words. What in the world does that mean? Well, we're going to get to it here in a second. Okay. Look what Proverbs says. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or for life. So you're either speaking life or death from your mouth and whatever you're speaking, that's what you get to indulge with. That's what you get to participate with. Are you speaking life over a situation today? Are you speaking death? Matter of fact, James chapter three, verse two tells us that if we can learn to control our tongue, we can actually control everything else in our life. That's pretty powerful. 
He goes on to talk about a ship, a huge ship turns and is controlled and steered with a small little rudder. The size of the rudder compared to the rest of the ship is really strong, is really small. Same thing with our mouth. Our whole life is steered according to this. He even says that we can actually tame and control wild beasts by putting a little bit in their mouth and we can lead them anywhere they want to go. And he says, if we can learn to control this, James chapter three, that we could control the rest of our life. You want to have control over what you eat. You want to have control over your temper. You want to have control within your relationships. You want to have control over what bugs you and doesn't bug you. Start right here, he says. That's powerful. Why? Well, well, I thought if we could maybe change the way that we think, well, you're always going to struggle within your mind. That's where the battlefield is. You're going to have good thoughts, bad thoughts, scary thoughts, faith thoughts. You know, there's always thoughts that are coming in and out of your mind, but that's where they stay. They don't get out here into this realm. The first way that a thought gets out into this realm is through your mouth. That's one of the quickest ways to get, bring life to a thought. Well, if I'm constantly bringing life to negative thoughts, thoughts of doubt, thoughts of defeat, thoughts of anger, well, guess what? I'm going to live with out here. Those same things, right? So, so here's the first agreement. Be impeccable with your word. What does that mean? The reason why we say impeccable is because that comes from a Latin word, impeccablis, impeccablis. M, I am meaning not or without. Picare means to sin. So let my words be without sin. The word sin in Greek, the most common word for sin in Greek actually means to miss the mark. You know, so when us preachers get up here and we make it really dramatic, y'all need to drop that sin in your life. Stop that little sin is sin, sin, you know. We all do that. It's all really fun to say sin and point your finger, right? Sin. Woo, that's sin, right? Well, you know, we really need to drop the drama from it because what we're saying in the Greek is, hey, you're missing the mark. You're missing the point. Christ has set you free. There are things, when he sets you free, he that the Son has set free is free indeed. You don't have to live the way that you used to live. He has now empowered you with the Holy Spirit to live a victorious life. So if you go back and you live or think or speak or do some of the things that he has set you free from, you're missing the mark. You're missing the point. Why are you acting like a prisoner when you've been set free? You know, somebody spent 20 years in jail, finally gets set free, yet they won't leave the jail cell. Doors wide open. What is that? Well, it's sin. In other words, in the Greek, he's missing the point. You're free. Go walk. So let my words be without sin. Let my words not miss the mark. Let my words not cause harm. Say, well, what? I can't talk about problems? No, you can talk about problems. You can talk about issues. But we have a bad habit of joining the person who, who, who we're associating the issue with, with the issue. And it creates arguments, it creates uh, fallacies, it creates negativity. There's nothing wrong with addressing the issues and communicating clearly, but let your word be impeccable. How many days have you gone through the day without mouthing off about somebody? You may have not mouthed off to them, but you may have mouthed off about them. All right, I'm, holding, I'm the only one holding my hand up, so... Guilty as charged. <laughs> you know, 
One of my gifts, I don't think it's a gift of the Spirit, but it's sarcasm. <laughs> I don't think the Holy Spirit causes that. But I have, to, I have to come back sometimes and say, let my words be impeccable. I agree. Today I agree, Lord, that my words will be impeccable. David said it this way. He said, let the words of my heart, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be holy and acceptable to you. What is he saying? I don't want to miss the mark. If I have to address something that's not fun, okay, so be it, I'll address it, but let my words hit the mark. I don't want to hit the person. I want to hit the issue, you know? Let my words be impeccable. So is it going to bug y'all if I confess that, that your pastor is a flawed man, right? I'm human, I'm flawed, and I know I have this wonderful honor because y'all are beautiful sheep that God has Jesus like gave his life for you guys. Y'all are incredible sheep, right? You're not my sheep, you're his sheep. And I get the honor of getting to pastor you, get, get to shepherd you. Let me tell you about sheep, I've said it before. Sheep bite, right? And look, I love y'all, but sometimes y'all get on my nerves. <laughs> not you, Paul. Paul, Paul looked really offended. <laughs> No, no, why don't I say, look, there are times within everyone's humanity that people get frustrated. And sometimes if you're in leadership anywhere, I don't get, if you're a manager at a burger joint, guess what? If your employees get frustrated about something, they're going, it's the manager's fault, right? If, if, if you're a kid, whose fault is it? Your parents, right? You always look to the upline. You always look to, it's human nature, right? And most days I'm able to kind of let it roll. Right? I'm, this is, I'm going somewhere with this because I'm, I'm having to learn. The Holy Spirit has to remind me, don't miss the mark with your words, right? And a lot of times, yeah, if something bugs me or something, or something, you know, like I said, sometimes sheep bite and you kind of go, ouch. And then you just take it to the Lord and he takes care of it and all that stuff. But sometimes, sometimes you're human. And the other day I was whipping up some food, right? And I'm fussing to God. I wasn't fussing at God. I was fussing to God. And I was fussing to my wife. I wasn't fussing at my wife. I was just fussing to my wife. And she's just sitting there listening to me. Being all sweet, look at her. See, she's all sweet. She's sitting there, she's listening to me. So, and I'm fussing, right? And, I, and I'm telling God, I was like, and I'm telling God, and I'm telling her, look, look, I realize, man, these are blood-bought people. These are people going on their way to heaven. They're, God loves them. He loved them so much, man. Christ died. Christ gave his life. I understand that. That's awesome. But they're getting on my last nerves at this moment, right? I was dealing with a couple of things. And I was being very much in the flesh, and, and so I looked at my wife, right? Because I'm thinking she's going to have my back. Let me tell you something about Erica. I've learned really quick in, in these 10 weeks in a row if she's going to be very sweet to me, which 99.9% .9 of the time she is. She calls me David, right? But when she's, when she's going to get on to me, she calls me pastor. <laughs> and I theorize this because nobody wants to be mean to your husband. It's really easy to be mean to the pastor if you get mad at the pastor, right? Everybody, everybody can fuss at the pastor, right? Like, and see, she's no different than the rest of y'all. So, so this is what she says. She said, Pastor, I don't like your attitude. You know what I said? I, I, don't, know, I don't know if I like your opinion about my attitude. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, what was she saying? She began to pour the Word of God into me. She began to speak the Word of God into me. You know what, and, and you know what the Word of God was telling me? Stop missing the mark, Dave. You're not being impeccable with your word. Turn it over to the Lord.
All this stuff is ridiculous anyway. God has the bigger picture. Just turn it over to the Lord. You know? Well, what did he do? I had to go back. I had to make another agreement. You know what? I agree with my, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. Pastor does have bad attitude. Let me go back and pray. Be impeccable with your word, all right? Agreement number two. Y'all ready for this? Y'all still with me? Agreement number two. Don't take anything personally. Hey, hey, that falls right in line. I had to make that agreement with myself too, right? You can't take anything personal, right? Look, look, at G, look at the example Jesus gave us. He's hanging on the cross. They're nailing him to the cross, right? The sinless lamb of God. Yet he bore our sins. They're nailing him to the cross. And Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They don't even know what they're doing, Lord. Forgive them. Stephen, the first martyr in the book of Acts, he prayed the same thing. They're stoning him. He could have been like, what in the world is up? You know, I've been preaching your gospel. This is what I get. No, what, what, what did he pray? He echoed Jesus. He said, Lord, don't, don't hold them accountable for this. They don't even know what they're doing. And sometimes people say things to you, people do things to you, people will act a particular way to you, and they don't even realize, they don't even know, right? So you can't take it personal. Why can you not take it personal? Because you can't control anyone's actions or reactions. And their actions and reactions are actually based on every agreement that they've ever made in their life. Because that's what shapes their reality. Just like your agreements shape yours. So if someone, and and, and it works both ways, it keeps you from not getting knocked down too low if somebody does something ill to you. And if somebody praises you, it keeps you from getting too big of a head. Because even that's not about you. It's about them. Right? Here's an example. I've had multiple people sit at my table at different times. In my house, I've had folks say, hey, you know what? Thank you, Pastor Dave. Love you. You're wonderful. Church is wonderful. I just don't feel like you're feeding me with your sermons. So I'm, we're, we're going to go to another church. Okay, well, God bless you. Well, in my flesh, if I wanted to, I could kind of get my feelings hurt about that, right? But ultimately, it's not about me. It's, that's where they're at. That's them. I can't take it personally. Likewise, I've sat at tables and had say, folks say, Pastor Dave, man, that one message or that one series you did, that's exactly what I needed. Man, I've never seen it that way before. Thank you. It helped set me free. The Holy Spirit set me free because of the word that you presented. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Well, guess what? That's not even about me. That's about what the Holy Spirit's doing in their life. Same pastor, two different views. Anyone ever encountered that? You're at work. You're doing, a, you're, you're doing the best job you can do. Somebody comes up, criticizes everything you're doing. Somebody else shows up, says, man, thank you. You're the hardest worker here. Man, I, I, I'm so thankful that we got you here on our team. Same worker, two different views. What does it mean? It's ultimately not about you. It's really about everybody else. So you can't take things personally in life. This week, if somebody, even if you're out driving, someone cuts you off and, and gives you the one finger salute, right? <laughs> or whatever, you know? It's not about you. It's about whatever's going on in their life. You know, if, if, if you're dealing with customer service and they're a bit nippy at you, it's not about you. It's about whatever's going on in their life. Don't take it personally, right? 
Easier said than done, but that's agreement number two. Agreement number two. Y'all still with me? Agreement number three. Never make assumptions. Don't assume anything, right? How many times in your life have you created an entire argument? How many of you have ever had an argument all night long with somebody and you have never once even talked to them yet? But in your head, you've had six arguments that night, right? And it's because, you know, they wound up saying this to you. And you're, what do you mean by that? Then you go home, you start thinking about it. I can't believe he said that to me. Why would he say that to me? See, now I realize. And then, so, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to go, I'm going to confront him, I'm going to say this, and he's probably going to fire back this way, and I'm gonna, when he fires back that way, I'm going to say it this way. And so you play out this whole scenario, you have an argument. You ain't even talked to the person yet. Yet your body responds, you're up all night. Your body responds as if you're arguing with him. And before the night's out, you've had six arguments with him, because you've played it out six different ways. And so that next morning, you wind up going, you're ready. And you've, you've, you've got 45 minutes sleep. And you finally go to this person and you say, what in the world were you talking about? When, when you said this to me, huh? You said this to me yesterday. Oh, I did? Oh, I didn't even mean it that way. No, what I meant was this. Oh, what did you do? You just spent a whole night assuming a lot of things that created drama for yourself and suffering. And yet the word of God doesn't want you to do that. Matter of fact, look at this. And communicate, Matthew 5, 37 says, let your yes be simply yes and your no be simply no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. In other words, just don't, just don't try to just deceive or, or go think everybody's out like, you know, with, with something else going on, you know, they're, they're shaking your hand. They got their left hand behind their back or what, you know, just look, just let your yes be yes, your no be no. Proverbs 21, 2 says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes but the Lord weighs and tries the heart. Ultimately, God is the only one who knows the intentions, okay? I don't know your intention, which means that if you do something or say something that bugs me, the best thing I can do is just go talk to you and say, hey, what did you mean by this? Don't worry about making an assumption. I need to go to you, don't I? And communicate with you. What did you mean by this? Or I didn't understand that. Be, be, be encouraged. Find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. Communicate with other, others to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. You can save yourself from a world of worry. You remember a few weeks ago, I said the default mode for every Christian should be peace. That should be our default mode. Peace doesn't mean that we have butterflies and cool breezes and, you know, sweet tea and perfect weather going on emotionally. Peace, the word peace actually means not moved. You know, I, I said if you, you could put a rock, we could put a rock outside and we could set a camera on that rock, take, take video or pictures of it all year long for 12 months. The environment around the rock changes per the seasons and per whoever's walking by it or whatever animals come by, but the rock itself never moves. We are standing on the rock, Christ Jesus, the chief cornerstone. Our foundation never moves. Sometimes we feel the winds of life blow and we may sway, but our foundation never moves. And all of these agreements helps you to live in that peace. It encourages you. You can be encouraged today. Why? Because your foundation never moves. And you can experience the peace 
by making some agreements with yourself. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. And lastly, say, I've been told this since I was a kid, but really it rings true. Always do your best. Here's the catch. Your best is not going to be the same all the time. There are some days your best allows you to knock it out of the park. Other days, the, your best may just allow you to just barely get the job done. But that's all you had in the tank that day. No matter what, everything you do. Matter of fact, the Bible puts it this way. Colossians 3.23, whatever may be your task, work at it heartily from the soul as something done for the Lord and not for men. Always do, no matter what you do, do it to the best of your ability. And some days are going to be better than other days. Some days you're going to look and say, huh, I know it's not much, but that's the best I got, you know. Other days you're going to say, behold, <laughs> I present this to the world or whatever, you know, because your best rocks. But your best varies from day to day and from moment to moment. But just always bring your best. Why? Because that allows you to go to sleep that night in the peace of the Lord, knowing I left it all out there. I gave it my best. There have been times I have faced cataclysmic things in my life. And I praise God that I, that I didn't have to lay in bed saying, woulda, shoulda, coulda. But I could look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what? I'm not perfect. And I didn't win every single battle of the day. I didn't knock a home run every time. But man, I, I, I gave it the best I could do. There was nothing more I could do. You know, because there's going to be some things in life that just don't work out the way you want it to work out. You know, you don't always win in life, right? There's disappointments. But if you, there are going to be times you have to walk away from a situation or from a project or from some circumstances. And you're going to be hurt. You're going to be defeated. You're going to be frustrated because it didn't go the way you wanted it to. But if you can sit in his presence and say, Lord, you know what? I did the best I could do. I give it to you. There was nothing more I could do. That brings you a world of peace. That helps you keep your feet planted on the peaceful rock of your foundation, the immovable rock of your foundation. Amen. So today I want to encourage you with these four. Let's make four agreements this week. And I double dog dare you to try to implement them into your life this week. Because there are going to be times that you go, oh, I got that one wrong. As simple as this sounds, you're going to go, ah, yeah, I got to go back to that agreement. Forgot about that agreement. I agreed. So let's agree. Let's all stand. Woo. Cheers everybody up. Preacher said, let's all stand as the musicians come. <laughs> We're going to make four agreements. In Jesus' name, we agree for this. Be impeccable with your word. Make sure your, make sure your word hits its mark that it's without sin. Be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personal this week. Don't make any assumptions. And always do your best. No matter what you do, always do your best. And I promise you, if you work on these four agreements, I promise you, it will bring so much peace to your life. It will bring so much encouragement to your life. And you're going to see drama, you're going to see drama, you're going to see uh, certain sufferings. 
you're, you're gonna see certain challenges just dissolve. And I speak from experience on that. Let's all pray. Father, I, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your light uh, of the Holy Spirit that shines truth into our life. And sometimes that truth isn't pretty, but truth always sets us free. And you said that if we abide in your word, that we'd be your disciples and you would lead us and guide us into all truth. And so I speak encouragement over this fellowship this week, over every family that's represented here. I speak encouragement over this neighborhood. I speak encouragement to your body at large. Lord, be, I speak encouragement to the families of those who've been abducted over in Haiti. That no matter what, you'll never leave us or forsake us. And you will work all things for good for those who trust and believe in you. And we have nothing else to trust in, Lord, except you. You are our, our all in all. So, Lord, before we praise you one more time in song, I just bless your people today. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Amen.